The following sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith. Head to FAPC.org and join our email list and be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Today I read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of, the, of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had yet not been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it he told you? Don't, do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me all of that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. Let us pray. 
Oh God, during this time of unrest and uncertainty in our land and in our world, speak your word. On this weekend in which we offer, we honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the many who walked with him during a time of unrest in our land and in our world. We ask you that the words from the past might speak into our present circumstances and that you might challenge us to be better, to be bolder, to be imaginative, and to create something better for all humanity. Lead us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Transitions are hard for us. While change is inevitable, many across our land and in our world are having a hard time seeing how this transition is progressing. There's a doctor by the name of Elliot Dasher who writes a book, Transitions, a guide to the six stages of a successful life transition. He describes the six stages as the call to a larger life, the departure, the in-between time, lessons learned, the return, and the goal. We're in a time when it seems as if the call to a larger life is difficult. And instead of rising to the moment and the possibility of a new era in our land, we are in a time of groundlessness, unsettledness, uncertainty, and fear. And in this time, what are the lessons that we can learn and what could help us through moments when it seems as if chaos is going to rain. Even though we are more than a week away from January 6th, we are all wrestling with the chaos that occurred at the Capitol. And also, depending on where you sit from, but certainly from my perspective and people in my community, the police response or the lack of response. The biblical text from Samuel is a dream theophany from which the Revised Common Lectionary has presented as one of the texts for today. There is a shift in power occurring. There is a transition that is happening in the household of God, the house of Eli, because of his corruption and its unwillingness to do the will and the purpose of God has lost its power and God is looking for a new way to execute his will and purpose among the people of God. Eli, who was mentor and guide for Samuel, finds that the roles have been reversed and instead of being able to lead Samuel, God says that I am going to bring you down and I am going to exalt the servant Samuel. 
Samuel represents transition from the disconnected tribes to the central monarchy heralded by King David, which marked one of the prosperous and successful times for the people of Israel. And I know a lot of folks are filled with the chaos of this moment and the uncertainty of this moment, but the text that we look on asked us to look at the possibilities of a new beginning. Here is Eli's protege, Samuel, seeking to discern the voice of God in a troubling time in his world. Eli says to Samuel, I didn't call you, it must be God, just keep listening. And God, in God's significant way of connecting with human beings, summons Samuel. He summons him not once, not twice, but three times, and eventually Samuel is able to hear the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, I'm listening. Samuel receives a life-changing encounter with God that leads to a new mission and purpose in a troubling time. And whenever God calls us, it's always disruptive. In the tradition of Moses, Samuel receives the call, a call to go against Pharaoh, a call to lead the children of God out of captivity in Egypt towards the promised land. In the tradition of Moses, Samuel receives a call, a call similar to the call to Queen Esther, called to a dangerous time, but to be God's representative for such a time as this. And on April 4th, 1967, Dr. King was here in New York City speaking at the Riverside Church, and he gave an address called A Time to Break Silence. He says, some of us have already begun to break the silence of the night, have found that the calling to speak is a vocation of agony, but we must speak. We must speak with all humility that is appropriate to our limited vision, but we must speak. He was referring to the Vietnam War and the country's involvement in Vietnam, and he described the times in 1967 as revolutionary times. And here is what Dr. King says. He says, a genuine revolution of values means in the final analysis that our values must be ecumenical rather than sectional. And isn't it a time in our world where God is seeking for servants like Samuel who will be able to forge with others a new imagination of what our country can be? Here, Dr. King, in the same speech in which he says, we can no longer afford to worship the God of hate 
or bow before the altar of retaliation. The ocean of history, the oceans of history are made turbulent by the ever-rising tides of hate. History, he says, is cluttered with the wreckage of nations and individuals that pursued the self-defeating path of hate. And those of us who represent the people of God, those of us who represent God's servants, have to be committed to saying, hate, you cannot win. Evil, you will not succeed. We have to be clear that we will not be dragged down the long, dark, and shameful, shameful corridors of time reserved for those who possess power without compassion, says Dr. King, might without mor morality, and strength without sight. And to be able to do that, in my estimation, we have to have an honest discussion about what the America script is. It is easy to speak of an America and exclude the pain and the difficulties that some Americans have experienced. It is easy for us to speak about America without understanding and acknowledging that white nationalism has taken hold of a part of our political structure and it demeans and limits and brings down the potential not just of some people but of all people. Today we're wrestling as we celebrate Dr. King's birthday and his rich life and legacy, that we are wrestling with race. And Americans have really disagreed so deeply, not since Reconstruction. And at Reconstruction, the, the, the disagreement was about white supremacy. Today it is more oblique and better disguised, but race relations are at the heart of the disagreement. And maybe it's time for God's children to get a disruptive call. One of the challenges for the church, and I'm speaking to the church, is that many of us have become so comfortable with Christianity that doesn't challenge that which is evil and wrong. A prophet from another continent, Dr. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, had the opportunity as Hitler and the Nazis changed Germany and the world, he had an invitation to remain in New York during the unrest in Germany. And yet in writing to his sponsor, Reinhold Niebuhr, he says, I will have no right to participate in the reconstruction of Christian life in Germany after the war if I do not share the trials of this time 
with my people. And so he went back after two weeks in New York. The next year, Bonhoeffer was charged. And he said the church was silent when it should have cried out because the blood of the innocent was crying aloud to heaven. She is guilty of the deaths of the weakest and the most defenseless brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We are like Samuel in a time, in our world, where things are troubling, in a time in our world where there is a need for a new reality. Let me just remind you that Samuel is not just the hero of the text. Samuel is a child of the community. His success is linked to the well-being of the entire community. And your success and my success is linked to the well-being of other human beings. God gave Samuel a message, and the message was that ears will tingle when they hear that God has moved on from Eli. God has moved on from those who would deface and destroy what it means to live in community for God. And the church is called, as Samuel was called, and as Samuel invited others to get to a moment of awakening in which we invite people to take a different path. On this King weekend, God knows what it's like being, being like in America during the last year. Hundreds, thousands of people marching for just basic justice so that black people are not killed indiscriminately without their rights being protected. At the end of the last year, the Brookings Institute did a study on the wealth gap in America, and the wealth gap between black and white is now 15 to 1. I'm from Queens County, and in Queens County, while New York City boasts that it has five of the world-class health systems, the health systems abandoned the black and brown New Yorkers, resulting in disproportionate deaths in our community. There's a need for a new beginning. There is a need for a new movement. There is a need to be able to hear God's voice and move in a new direction. And here is how Dr. King says it. He says the ultimate measure of a man or woman is not where he or she stands in moments of comfort and convenience, 
but where he or she stands at times of challenge and controversy. God is calling all of us to make a shift and to move finally through all the unrest to take bold steps to create an America for all. Let me share a story that might help you to, mo to change your ways. It certainly motivated me. A mouse looked through the crack in the wall to see that the farmer and his wife had received a delivery from a package company. The mouse, being curious, asked what food might this contain, and he was devastated to discover that it wasn't food. Instead, it was a mouse trap. Retreating to the farmyard, the mouse proclaimed the warning, there is a mouse trap, a mouse trap in the house. The chicken clucked and scratched, raised her head and said, Mr. Mouse, I can see this is a grave concern to you, but it is of no consequence to me. I cannot be bothered by it. The mouse returned to the pig and told the pig, there is a mouse trap. There's a mouse trap in the house. The pig sympathized but said, I am so very sorry, Mr. Mouse, but there is nothing I can do about it but pray. Be assured you are in my prayers. The mouse turned to the cow. She said, wow, Mr. Mouse, I'm sorry for you, but that's no skin of my mouse. So the mouse returned to the house, head down and dejected, to face the farmer's mousetrap alone. That very night, a sound was heard throughout the house, like the sound of a mousetrap catching its prey. The farmer's wife rushed to see what was caught. In the darkness, she did not see that there was a venomous snake whose tail had been caught in the mousetrap. The snake bit the farmer's wife. The farmer rushed her to the hospital and she returned home with a fever. Everyone knew that to treat a fever, you needed chicken soup. So the farmer took his hatchet and killed the chicken because you needed chicken as the main ingredient for the soup. The wife's sickness continued, so friends and neighbors came to sit with her around the clock and to feed them, the farmer butchered the pig. The farmer's wife still didn't get well. She died, and many people came to the funeral, and the farmer had to slaughter the cow for meat for all. The next time you hear someone facing a problem and think it doesn't concern you. Remember, when one of us is threatened, we are all at risk. We are all involved in this journey called life. And there is an urgency for the people of God 
to hear the voice of God and to come together and do what Dr. King says. He says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. There are times in our country when we have defeated white nationalism. The slaveholding South was vanquished in the Civil War. Resurrected, it was beaten again during the Civil Rights Movement. There is a call for those of us who hear the dream theophany to dream like Dr. King again and believe that through the power and the presence of God, we can be new voices for God to create new relationships and new possibilities that the earth may be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Amen. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path, we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee, lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee shattered beneath thy hand, may we forever stand true to our God, true to our native land. May God bless us, and may God bless America. Amen.